Thank you so much for that. If you grab your Bible tonight, turn over to the book of Acts tonight. Acts chapter number three. We'll start there tonight. Acts chapter number three. I'm going to look at this together. College, thank you for the special. The college kids in the last couple of days have been in a very rare form. I'm not sure what is wrong with them. For the last two days, they've been scaring me. And I've been turning the other cheek, but I'm about to stop. I mean, it's like they want to be around a corner. And when I walk through the corner, they want to go, boo. I'm going to drop with a heart attack. And I just want you to know who to blame. It's them. And, uh, but uh, I don't know what the, the deal is. But, uh, you know, as cold as it's been, um, they keep scaring me. We're going to start having class outside. Now, I'm going to be on the inside. They're going to look at me through a window. But they're going to have all their chairs taken outside. And in, and in nine degree weather, I'm going to go, boo. So just keep it up, amen? So anyway, but uh, they're having a good old time. May the Lord judge you. All right, <laughs> Acts chapter three tonight. We just kind of, I want to, the message comes from Acts chapter four. I want to just kind of, the stories in Acts chapter three and what takes place in chapter four, we'll look at that tonight. So if you don't mind, I want to pray first and then we'll look at the story together and, and the message. Father, thank you again for letting us be in church tonight. And Lord, I know there's people who are sick. Would you please heal their body? Many it can't be tonight. They're even listening, uh, Lord, through the internet. Thank you so much. For that tool, uh, Lord, I ask you to please speak to us now, whether they're at home or here. Lord, help the people who came tonight, many uh, in their work clothes tonight, they've worked all day, and then they've come to the service tonight. Bless them, Lord, for their faithfulness. And Lord, again, help us tonight, Lord, simple thought. Help us, Father, to take home with us that would help us as a Christian be more like you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Church family, again, familiar story in Acts number 3. Peter and John come to the temple. When they come to the temple, there's this lame man there. This lame man has been lame from his birth. He's sitting there. I always picture the lame man with a cup in his hand. I don't know why, I guess. But he's, he's sitting there, and he's looking for alms. He's looking for people to give to him. And, and of course, we always tease, but Peter uh, gives that famous phrase, you know, that most Baptists do. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. And he does that in chapter number 3. And, of course, the, the lame man is healed. And so let's just, just, if you don't mind, let's read a couple verses here in Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement, talking about the people, they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. When Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this, or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But she denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murder to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, 
brethren. I wot that through ignorance you did it, as did also your fathers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he has so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Church family, the story is kind of a unique one. The Lord used miracles in the, these Bible days that we read about. He used miracles to draw people together. And this particular miracle, the people knew that this man had sat at the gate. This guy's 40 years old, and he's been lame from, his, from, from birth. He's never walked. So you can imagine who people who came to the temple on a regular basis, they saw this guy day in, month in, year in, and they saw this guy begging, and all of a sudden now, they're standing there at the temple, and the guy that sat there for 40 years is now leaping and praising God. It, the people were startled. So the people come together, and Peter and John said, hey, listen, let me just tell you, this guy's not healed because of us. This guy's healed because of Jesus Christ, Amen. the person you crucified. And it's faith in his name. And that's why this man was able to be able to walk and to be able to leap and praise God. Now, just remember, we know the story in chapter number three, but then chapter number four comes about. The chief priests did not like what took place. They thought they squelched it all when they tried to crucify Jesus Christ, but that was just the beginning. Look at chapter four and verse number one. The Bible says, and as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men, talking about the ones that were believed, was about how many? 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him did this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Let's read verse 12 together, powerful verse. Let's say it together. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Our text tonight is verse 13, and here's the thought. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they what? had been with Jesus. It just remember about five, six years ago, I brought this thought uh, out. And again, I've, I've probably a couple different places I know that I've shared this thought. And I, I, I just want to make, I guess, just maybe a reminder us tonight. People ought to know you've been with Jesus. People ought to know you've been with Jesus. There ought, there ought to be something different with you in the Christian life. We always often quote the verse, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. But can I just tell you, it's not just that you're saved, it's that you've been with Jesus. There's a lot of people who are saved and they're on their way to heaven and saved so as by fire, but you couldn't tell they've been with Jesus. I'm talking about that group that claims to be born again, but still live like the world. They, they claim that they're on their way to heaven, they live like they're going to hell. I want to tell you that we as Christians, people ought to be able to see something in our life. They ought to be able to say that there's, there's something different about that person. They've been with Jesus. It's not a matter that what church they went to. It's that they've been with Jesus. It's not a matter of, you know, how long they've been saved. It's that they've been with Jesus. You think about Enoch. The Bible says that he walked with God, and then the Lord just took him. Enoch spent so, so much time with the Lord. Uh, my father used to say that Enoch and 
I, he paraphrased, obviously. My father used to say that Enoch and God was going for a walk and God looked at Enoch and said, hey, you're closer to my home than yours. Let's just go on home. And I don't know how it all came about. We know one thing, the Lord took him. And it's because he had a walk with him. And we as God's people, we ought to be that kind of person that a person can look at us and say, that person's been with Jesus. And I know that we don't have the experience or even if I can say the show that Moses had when he went up into the mountain and he had to come down from the mountain and put a veil over his face because his face glowed. And the reason he glowed because he was with God and that glow of God was on him. And there ought to be a glow of God on, on, on us also. Amen. Here you have the priests and they look at these two. The Bible says ignorant fishermen. Well, these guys don't know very much, but there's one thing they knew about them. They've been with Jesus. And so tonight, can we look at these thoughts tonight of what, what did they do that caused them to be very noticeable that they had been with Jesus? All right, so we're going to look at these thoughts together. Get your Bible again now. Look at uh, Acts 4. And I want to pick it up again. I want to back it up, if you don't mind, to verse number 5. All right, Acts 4, verse number 5. And it came to pass that the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest. Now think about it, these were religious people. And Caiaphas and John Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest. Church, I mean, isn't it interesting that these, these religious folk could take one glance at Peter and John and said, I want to tell you what's different about this fella. They, they act like, almost talk like the person we just killed. The person that we hung up on a cross that had walked these three and a half years of ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, helping people and doing miracles. They act just like that guy. And I, and I really believe that the, it's pretty evident when they made the statement is of, that they perceived it and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. I think it's because in verse number, look now, verse number eight, then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them. It goes back to when a person is filled with the Spirit of God, they are going to naturally have that thought or people are going to have that thought, that person's been with Jesus. Amen. You know, uh, statements that we often make and are so true, filled with the Spirit of God, filled with Scripture. And the more I put the Scripture in, Jesus was the Word, the more I'm going to be Christ-like. You know, what made the difference for the apostles is they looked at Peter and John and said, hey, these guys have been with Jesus, and why did they say that? Because Peter and John walked with Jesus. Peter and John saw Jesus. Peter and John were part of the inner circle of miracles that Jesus performed that nobody else got to be with Jesus during. They were there. Peter and John were there when Jesus was on that mountain. Of course, the Shekinah glory of God came down upon him, and they got to see that. Peter and John were there when Moses uh, spoke with Jesus Christ in his earthly fashion, things that nobody else got to see because they walked with, they were with Jesus. Hey, I want to tell you, we as Christians have to go out and live in this world, but we don't have to go out and live in this world on our own. We've got a Holy Spirit of God that dwells inside of us. Amen. What? No, you're not that your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. If you're saved, the Holy Ghost dwells inside. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. Amen. But we have a fight going on on the inside. It's our flesh and the spirit. And what makes a person can see, we talk about the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The all three of them are one. And so, Trayman, we cannot walk physically with Jesus Christ like Peter and John did. But we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And I think that's re really clear here. Jesus was already ascended up into heaven. And they said, Peter, the Bible says of Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, Jesus was sitting on the right hand of the Father. But he had the third part of the Godhead with him. And that's the Holy Spirit of God. And I want to tell you, we don't have to work up spirituality. Spirituality is part of our life because you're saved. 
When you got saved, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. And it's not a matter of you getting more of the Holy Spirit. These guys that want to talk about how being filled with the Spirit is getting more of the Spirit of God. I don't know where they get that. It's like when I got saved, I must have only got his arm or his nose or his ear. And I'm hoping to get the whole body together. The Holy Spirit's not the Mr. Potato Head. When you got saved, you got all the Holy Spirits you're going to get. So what's the difference of being filled with the Spirit of God? Being filled with the Spirit of God is that you put spiritual things in so the Spirit of God has control of your life. Our problem with us in our Christianity is we're constantly putting the world in. And we squelch what the Holy Spirit of God can do. Galatians chapter number 5, talking about the flesh and the Spirit and how they're contrary the one to the other. Can I just tell you, the only way a person is going to tell you've been with Jesus is if you've been with Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You haven't been with Jesus if you're not reading His Word. When, uh, over the years, I have always used the same cologne. What's that? How long do you think I've been using 360 Red? 15, 20 years? I don't know. So oftentimes, when I'm with somebody, especially if I've just put that cologne on, uh, and I leave a room, someone can figure out that I've been there because of that smell. Alrighty? So I brought me some tonight. Believe me, you need anything that'll help. Come here. Take your coat off, please. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you smell like a man. How's that? Do you, have any, do you have any cologne on right now? You don't have any cologne on? You need some. Alright, come over here, Skylar. I'm going to help you out in life, alright? I brought me a, just a small portion of this stuff. All right. <laughs> You're going to smell good for a long time. <clears throat> now, he's got enough on him, believe me. Man, I can smell him. <clears throat> if I send him into a room <clears throat> and he leaves, I want to just tell you something. He might not be here, but the smell of him is going to be there. Can I just tell you that when you get saved, you have a Holy Spirit that, that dwells inside of you. And it's not a matter of something that you can see. You can almost smell it. You can almost sense when a person's having a walk with God and when a person's not having a walk with God. A person walks into the room and all they can see is the negativity of the room instead of the positive. Everything's, everything's going bad. Everything, every, they're, they're upset about things. Can, can I just tell you, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Do you understand if it's the fruit of something, it's not the root. The root's the Holy Spirit of God. When you got saved, you got the root. But can I just tell you something? You're not going to have the fruit of the root unless you allow the Holy Spirit to have control of your life. How do you do that? You feed your spirit, not your flesh. You read, your, you read the Word of God. You spend time in prayer. You come to church and you, and you listen to, to, to good godly music and you put yourself around the right kind of people. And all of that spiritualness and a Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you caused you to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. People ought to be able to look at your life and say, hey, listen, I want to tell you, that person right there, you can tell they've been with Jesus. They've been in the book. They're listening to message of the Word of God to help them build in their faith. They're studying the Scriptures. They're trying to grow as a Christian constantly. That person's been with Jesus. I'm just trying to tell you, when you don't spend time with God, it's very noticeable. You've not been with Jesus Christ. If you've got nothing else tonight, you smell a lot better, all right? Thank you very much. Do you understand that the reason these fellas could be labeled as, hey, these guys are dumb, these guys are ignorant, but one thing for sure, we know who they've been with. It's because Peter was filled with the Spirit of God. I might not be very smart. 
And, I, and all the messages might be fairly elementary, but I want to just tell you one thing you can, can determine. It's going to be a Bible message every time you come. Amen. Can I just tell you when a person looks at your life, it ought to be that you're some uh, high-fluting, super-educated. It ought to be that person loves the Lord. That, that person spends time with God. They, they want to talk about spiritual things. They don't want to talk about, you know, there's some people you get around, the only thing they can talk about is movies. You get around, the only thing they can talk about is sports. I pulled into the um, car wash place uh, just the other day, and a guy was parked there. You know, you go through the car wash, and they got those vacuums, and I pulled in my car next to him. As, and this guy had a super really nice car, and it's right to the, I mean, he's, and he's cleaning every, I mean, he's really detailing it. And it caught my eye because he had the hood up, and there was no engine in it. So those things catch my eye. I mean, that's kind of odd. So I took a second glance at his car, and boy, he perked up. I said, electric car, huh? Oh, he said, yeah. He said, this is the car. And he went on and on for 20 minutes on how good his car was. I mean, he went through everything on how far it goes and how long he has to charge it and how he's got a charger at his house. And he talked about who made the car and how many different electric cars that there are. I want to tell you something, he just talked about electric cars. You know why? Because he was excited about his car. I wish we could get some Christians excited about their Savior. But that's not going to happen if you don't spend time in his word. Being filled with the spirit of God, what causes people, that person's been with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you that every person in this auditorium ought to have a regular walk with God, and it ought to be very noticeable that you've been with Jesus. Something else here that's kind of interesting. How do they know that they've been with Jesus? Look at the next thing Peter says here in verse number 8, chapter 4. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day be examined of the good deed done, to the impotent man, the lame man, by what means he is made whole. Trishman, can I just tell you why they knew he'd been with Jesus? Because the person they're copying, Jesus Christ, what did he do in his three and a half years? He raised the dead. He helped the lame to walk. He caused the blind to see. He healed the leper. He fed 5,000 plus women and children with, a, with, with, a, with multiplying five loaves and two fishes. Jesus went from place to place to place. And can I tell you what he did? He did good. So they look at Peter and John and said, hey, listen, we can tell these guys they're not too smart, but one thing for sure, we know who, they, who he's been with because they're doing the same thing that Jesus did. Hey, can I tell you something? People can tell you've been with Jesus because you're filled with the Spirit of God, but people can tell you've been with Jesus because you're doing good. Just remember, we're not a social club, and we're not, our, uh, the Heritage Baptist Church is not just the outreach of, of, of trying to take care of the, the community needs, but can I tell you, there's nothing wrong with churches trying to fulfill some of the community need. You know why? Because Christians should be looking to do the good for people. Amen. What's the second greatest commandment? The first one is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. What's the second? <laughs> love your neighbor as yourself. There's nothing wrong with doing good. Doing good is really just a mirror of what Christ does for people. It's, yes, people get saved, but can I just tell you, Jesus was concerned about the salvation of the lost, but Jesus was also concerned about the humanity of man, trying to help man. When they were sick, when they were in need, he, he would help them. How do you know that they've been with Jesus? Because of the good that was done. You know, sometimes, we, if we're not careful, we as Baptists, we get, uh, we get some, somewhat tunnel-minded. Yes, people, God wants people to be saved. And by the way, that should be the main thing of our, of our lives as well as this church. Amen. The main thing should be trying to get the, the, the gospel to the lost. But could, can I tell you something, church? I mean, there are some people that might not get saved, but that we can still be good to. Galatians chapter 6 says this, as, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. That's lost or saved, by the way. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Christians should be doing good for others. When's the last time you tried to 
help, and whether it's saved or lost, when's the last time you tried to help somebody with, uh, with a, a need or, or taking somebody out for a meal or having somebody over to your house? Can I just tell you, we ought to look to do the good for people. Just remember, listen, it, it, even at Heritage, as far as inwardly, you ought to take an interest in the people in this auditorium and people that you don't see maybe on a Sunday that, that come, uh, maybe on a rare, you ought to take an interest in those people, whether they're a visitor or not. By the way, not just inward, but outward. We ought to take an interest in people. Why? Because that shows we've been with Jesus Christ. What did Jesus do? He came to seek and to save that which was lost, yes, but Jesus also came to help man. Amen. That's what he did in his ministry. It's your work. You're not doing things so that you'll make brownie points. When it comes to the people above you or below you, you ought to just want to do good. I just want to do good. We just got back from Erie, Kansas, and the college went with me last night, Monday night and Tuesday night. And, uh, you know, when I go to those services, I don't, I don't, I meet all kinds of people, and of course, most of them are strangers. I don't know them. I don't make an effort just to talk to the adults, I talk to the little kids. I had that five-year-old walking out, and he's sitting there, and I, he gives me a high five on the way out. You know, the Christian life is not about who can scratch your back because you're scratching theirs. It's about loving people. That shows that you've been with Jesus because that's what Jesus did. Can you hear the disciples when he says, you know, tell the children to leave? And Jesus says, no, suffer the little children come to me. You know what Jesus' whole ministry was about? Yes, for seeing people saved, but it's about doing good to people. And I'm just trying to remind us tonight that how do people know we've been with Jesus? They know we've been with Jesus because we're filled with the Spirit of God, which is really being filled with the Scripture of God. But it's also for the good deed done. When's the last time you did a good deed? Oh, Pastor Hanks, we're saved, we're saved by grace, not by works. I'm not talking about doing good deeds to get to heaven. I'm talking about doing good deeds to, 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 to show that you're saved. Amen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your what? Good works. What, what's it for? And glorify your Father which is in heaven. You, you ought to seek on what you can do good for somebody else. Hey, listen, young people. Don't be that generation that is always a taker, not a giver. Always looking at what people can do for you instead of what you can do for somebody else. That's why you ought to open the car door for your mother. Amen. That's why you ought to let your, your siblings go first. That's why you should take, never take the last piece when it comes to something at the table. You ought to, you ought to have it built into your life that I'm going to live for others and not others live for me. Right. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. Amen. Why did Jesus die on the cross? For others. How do we know that you've been with Jesus? It's because you're filled with the Spirit of God. How do we know you've been with Jesus? It's real simple because of what you do for others. Something else, look at verse number 12 we quoted a moment ago. Church, can I just show them to you? It'd be faster to try to just show, them to you, show all of them to you real quickly. It won't take very long. But look at chapter 3, verse number 6. There's a statement that's used over and over and over. Paul, Peter says in verse number 6, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the, what's the word? Name of who? Name of Jesus. In verse number 16, In his name, through faith in his name hath made this man strong. Chapter 4 and verse number 7. It says, And when they set them, when the priest had set Peter and John to the side, when they had set them in the midst, they asked by what power, by what, what's the word? Name. Verse number 10. But Peter says, Be it known unto you all, unto all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ, of course, verse number 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men. Look at verse number 17 and 18. They didn't know what to do with Peter and John. After, he, after they tried to tell him to stop talking in verse 17, but 
But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth no more in this what? And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor to teach in the what? Name of Jesus. Trisha, you know why they knew Peter and John had been with Jesus? Because they couldn't stop speaking his name. Listen, being a witness for Jesus Christ might not be the easiest thing to do, but it's a command of Christ for us to do. Amen. Jesus Christ, by the way, did a whole lot more than we'll ever do for him. He died on the cross. He took all the suffering and pain. That's right. He took his own blood to the mercy seat in order for us to be saved. He did all the work. Just I'm all for, for supporting missions. I'm happy to see Brother Gray tonight after 18 years for us to see the fruit Lord, of, uh, of somebody who grew up in this church or was here for 10 years, but been part of this church, and then God's used him in Great Bend, Kansas. What a wonderful thing. Wonderful thing to see Capital City Baptist Church by God's grace and his mercy. That would also start. It's, it's a wonderful thing to see our children grow up and serve God, and then they get married, and, and then they put God first in their life. That is a wonderful thing. But please never lose sight that what makes you a Christian is that you tell other people about Jesus Christ. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, Mark 16, 15. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Luke chapter 14, verse 23. Go into the highways and hedges. The command is for us to tell people about Jesus Christ, John 15, 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain. Jesus, the last thing he said to the disciples before he ascended up was Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. And ye should be witnesses unto me. Let's not lose sight that I, I've got to continually say, hey, listen, when you get a chance, would you read this track? Tells you how you know for sure you're going to heaven. I, I can't get around the fact that I'm supposed to go. Hello, my name's Scott. This is John. We're from the Heritage Baptist Church. Like, give you an invite. More important than going to church, knowing for sure you're going to heaven. We, we can't lose sight of what you're here for. The Lord could come back at any moment. You're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And yes, one of those crowns, the crown of rejoicing, and that's telling people about Jesus Christ. But you don't want to, you don't want to have in your mind, your thought, at the judgment seat of Christ. I didn't tell anybody. How do people know you've been with Jesus? It's because you're filled with the Spirit of God. How do people know you've been with Jesus? Because of the good deeds that you do for others. How do people know that you've been with Jesus? Because of the name of Christ. Because of you telling people about Jesus Christ. Amen. We don't like that. Last night we were leaving Erie, Kansas, went into a grocery store, or a convenience store, whatever you want to call it, gas station, Kids got them something to drink and eat, and um, they were gone. I paid the bill. And I said, listen, could you, could you read that when you get a chance? And she had a mask on, but you can tell by a person's eye. I could tell from her eyes. It was like, oh, one of these kind of people. <laughs> Trisha, I met that lady that stood behind the counter last night. She said she was going to work till 1130. I tried to make just a little bit of conversation with her. She's going to spend eternity somewhere. That's right. And if she's not saved, and if she goes to the lake of fire... According to Luke chapter 16, the rich man in hell could remember. She will ever, ever remember those verses on that sheet of paper that talked about how Jesus Christ loved her and died for her and all he had to do was pray and accept her as her own personal savior. She will remember that. Right. We don't wish that, but she will remember that. Right. But what if you stand at the, judgment, at, the, at the great white throne judgment, of course, judgment seat of Christ where the awards are passed out. You stand at the great white throne judgment and you see all of these people that you came in contact with that you never talked to. The book of Ezekiel says that their blood's going to be upon your hands. Simply because you wouldn't pass a track, simply because you wouldn't ask them, do you know for sure on your way to heaven? Well, that's just not me. That's not my gift. It's not a matter of you or gift. It's a matter that you're saved. 
How do people know you've been with Jesus? They know you've been with Jesus because you're in that book. You're filled with the Spirit of God. How do they know you've been with Jesus? Because of the good deeds done. By the way, the good deed done is not necessarily witnessing. The good deed done is you're trying to help people. How do people know you've been with Jesus? Because you tell people about Jesus Christ. I'd be the first one to say I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with soul winning. I know it sounds crazy. I'm a pastor. I shouldn't be that way. I'm uncomfortable to have to ask somebody, do you know for sure on your way to heaven? But church family, I don't do it because I'm comfortable or uncomfortable. I do it because that's what the Lord told us to do. How do people know you've been with Jesus? When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus Christ? When's the last time you witnessed to somebody? When's the last time you gave a gospel track and said, would you please at least read it because it can tell you how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven? Hey, listen, we don't have charts and names of Okay, you led this so many people to Christ. And by the way, when we get to heaven, God does not reward us for how many people we saw saved. The Bible says he rewards us according to our labor. That's all he says. He rewards according to our labor. It's not how many people got saved because of your testimony, how many people you witnessed to. It's just our labor. You know what that does? It puts us all on even ground. How do people know they've been, you've been with Jesus? It doesn't mean you've been with Jesus just because you're saved. It doesn't mean you've been with Jesus because you're a Sunday school teacher. It doesn't mean you've been with Jesus because you're the pastor of a church. It doesn't mean you've been with Jesus because you're a missionary. You know how people know you've been with Jesus? Because you're filled with the Spirit of God, which is really being filled with the Scripture. You know how people know you've been with Jesus? Because you're trying to do good for others. You know how people know you've been with Jesus? Because you keep talking about Him. You tell people about Jesus Christ. Hey, they didn't like what Peter and John said, and this world's not going to like what you have to say either when it comes to the spiritual things. But can I just tell you, one day we're going to be with Jesus forever, and until then, people ought to know, hey, we've been with Jesus Christ. We've been with Jesus Christ. Mr. Chairman, I don't know where your weakest area is tonight or what area the Holy Spirit might be speaking to you about tonight, but I know there's one thing. Us, we as Christians, we have pr trouble in these areas of our life. Having a walk with God, doing good for others, and telling people about Jesus Christ. I don't know what your weakest one or what problem. I don't want to tell you what you ought to do tonight. Lord, you know. He knows you better than you know yourself. God, you know. I'm not reading my Bible like I should. I'm selfish. I think about me and I don't think about anybody else. I'm not trying to do good for anybody else. God, you know. I'm not going sowing. I'm not even telling people about Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about showing up when the church has sowing times. I'm talking about just being conscious of the lost. I want to tell you, you can be with Jesus. Enoch walked with God, and so can you. You can be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, the flesh keeps popping itself up, but I just want to tell you something. To be filled with the Spirit... You, you be spiritually minded and starve that flesh, you can be spiritual. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight and take a moment of prayer?